Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the pod. Reacting to... A loss on the road to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 105-100 to in a game without uh, the sun in the atmosphere and the solar system that is the Denver Nuggets. No Nikola Jokic, uh, 105-100 loss in a game that the Nuggets actually could have won without uh, the best player in the world. A lower back tightness was the reason why Jokic did not play in this game. It's just the second game that Jokic has missed this year. Uh, He missed a game at the end of November, November 27th, I believe. Uh, What was the reason for that? Lower back tightness. So um, while I'm not alarmed, it is something that we should keep our eye on. Um, You know, know, Jokic, um, Jokic does not, and I was having this conversation on the radio yesterday, Jokic doesn't put himself in a lot of positions to suffer a devastating injury. I mean, knock on, knock on wood. Um, he doesn't play above the rim, plays on the ground. Um, so it's stuff like this that could creep up, um, you know, a big man's back, right? So not, not overwhelmingly alarmed. Uh, I don't think there's a reason to be, but let's just keep our eye on it. Um, the Nuggets went into Oklahoma City with a starting five of uh, Aaron Gordon um, in the center spot with Peyton Watson uh, in the front court, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal, and KCP. And um, look, I mean, it was um, it was an imperfect game for sure, uh, especially offensively, where the Denver Nuggets shot uh, just under forty percent uh, from the floor. And you know w- where I'll start, and I don't want to get carried away reacting to a game in a vacuum without the best player in the world. But I do think there is some things that we can fairly react to, and I don't want to come across as like freaking out, sky is falling, not even close to that because talking about the Nuggets without Jokic is like talking about the Kansas City Chiefs um, when Pat Mahomes doesn't play. It's just a completely different product. But there was a couple things that um, I just wish were different about a couple members uh, of the Denver Nuggets. And really, you know, it starts with um, wanting and needing more on a night like that from Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., uh, these are max contract guys, okay? And you would like to think in this spot, it's just viewed as a massive challenge uh, for the team, yeah, to rally together and try to win a game on the road, but for those guys individually to pick up more of the burden to to whom much is given, much is required, those are, um, like I said, the, the two max level players that were available, and they didn't even come close to living up to what I kind of had penciled in my mind uh, for what would be required to win a game without Jokic on the road in Oklahoma City. Um, Porter was 6 for 17 for 15 points. He is just, um, he's in a bit of a slump, doesn't look like a confident player. And Jamal is having the best month of the year. And that's why, again, I don't want to get carried away. Um, but it, but it's games like this that can sometimes um, create that spot on your back that you can't itch with Jamal. And we've talked about it. Like, this is why he's not an all-star. Like, we, we 
we've been talking about this for probably four years with Jamal, having like, oh, is this year's in All-Star? No. Well, it's because he's not the same version of himself on a night-to-night basis. He lacks the cons- the, the, the uh, NBA star consistency that someone on the other side, like Shea Gildress Alexander, has, okay? Um, and also, like, when you're asking him to, to, to shoulder this burden, I mean, Jamal played 39 minutes. Like, the Nuggets really wanted to win that game. Like, that's, that's the most um, minutes that Jamal Murray has played this entire month. And to walk away with 16 points, um, you know, it's just and, – and, and it was a more physical game. Oklahoma City does have um, good physical defensive uh, guard play. But I would expect a player like Jamal to find a way, you know, and it was just disappointing. Is it a forecast of what's to come? No. It is, a swe- is it a sweeping judgment of what is always going to be? No. But it is a judgment from Wednesday night. And, and I wanted more, and I wanted a lot more. And it wasn't even close to good enough. And, and you, you would also think, like, in terms of, like, um, a personal, uh, you know, head-to-head with Shea Gildress-Alexander, who, you know, is just, he, he, you know, SGA is, he might be my favorite um, uh, uh, um uh, individual score to watch in the NBA. Um, and, and if you've listened to this podcast, I am like, if you took away uh, the Denver Nuggets and said, pick your favorite NBA team, it'd be Oklahoma City. I love their personnel. I love their style of play. Um, I love their uh, youth, their their ceiling, um, the way that they uh, play together, um, but also each individually, you know, um, so I, I love, love, I love SGA. And, but to go back to the Jamal thing, like that's another Canadian guard. Like there's only a handful of you in the NBA. And I know, um, uh, Jamal takes that stuff personal. And I just, I thought that he would have raised his level uh, more than he did on Wednesday night. Uh, unfortunately he didn't come close to what I had in my own head, uh, forecasted out. And then the other one is Michael Porter Jr., you know, who it's another one of these opportunities. You know, we talked about it with, um, what was that Clippers game? Remember when it was no Jabal, no Jokic, no Aaron Gordon. Um, I believe all three of those guys missed a, a game about two months ago. And it's like, okay, MPJ, you, you are a max player too, right? That, that views yourself like a superstar. Another opportunity to shine. And, you know, he just can't answer the bell. And that's why I think there's a thought out there um, in certain corners of um, Nuggets Nation, Nuggets Twitter, whatever, that it's like, hey, if 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 um, MPJ was in, I don't know, you know, pick a team. Uh, if he was uh, a part of the Pacers or if he was a part of um, – and Pacers aren't even a good example. Like if he was like on the Raptors right now or the Hornets or the Wizards or the Pistons or uh, the Blazers or the Spurs, like – well, that, if, if he if he wasn't playing, you know, third, fourth fiddle, he would look like, you know, more of uh, what some people thought he could be coming out of high school, which is like a star. And I just I just don't believe that. I think MPJ is in the perfect slotting for a team that's trying to contend, and that's certainly not being the best player. It's not definitely not being number two on a title contending team, and it's not being a third option. Like this is where we're at with MPJ. He is a fourth or maybe fifth option. Uh, on a team that's trying to win. And it's just another opportunity uh, uh, that he did not respond to. 
Um, and it's it's uh, it can be frustrating. I mean, it can be seriously um, frustrating with Michael Porter Jr. because the ceiling is so real, and then he'll tease you from time to time with even flirting with the ceiling. Um, and, but it's all too often where it's like we've seen games this month. Forget the forget the rest of the season. Just look at this month. Uh, well, I guess now it's February, but um, we, they haven't played a game yet, so we'll look back at at January. You know, a, 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 a night like last night where you play 39 minutes, um, most minutes he's played, by the way, this month, and, you know, 15 points on 35% shooting, it's it's just not good enough. Five points against the New York Knicks, five points against the Indiana Pacers, five points against the Utah Jazz, eight points against the Golden State Warriors. Like, you should not in any calendar month for a player of MPJ's caliber uh, and the players that he has around him that where he's able to be slotted in the true position where he is. And um, he shouldn't have five times in a month where he's finishing in, in sub, single figures as a, you know, uh, a max contract guy. So it was frustrating. Um, not enough winning plays, you know, not able to corral a rebound when the game's on the line. Um, it's just it's just not enough. It's not good enough. Um, and that's 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 all there is to it in both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr.'s um, regard on Wednesday night. Again, sweeping judgments moving forward? No. But does it does it bring up stuff from the past um, that, you know, comes to a head or reemerges or however you'd want to phrase it? Yeah, it, it, it certainly does. Um, what else? Uh, Aaron Gordon I thought was sensational. That was the one guy that truly um, was, I thought, fantastic. You talk about, like, accepting a challenge. Aaron Gordon did exactly that. 16 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal. Not one block, not two, not three, but four for Aaron Gordon. Uh, just the third player in the history of the Denver Nuggets to have a, a game where at, with at least 16 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, and uh, four blocks. Marcus Camby, Jokic, Aaron Gordon. That's the list. I love what I saw from Aaron Gordon. That man is a dog. Even uh, despite the loss, um, I, I don't, you know, outside of, you know, missing free throws, uh, which, look, when you lose a game by five, you do look back at missed free throws. You do look back at inability to corral a rebound. You do look back at getting a five-second call, you know, when the, when the game is at its highest leverage moment of the evening. It's hanging in the balance. You know, you do look back um, at a, you know, ill-advised, three-on-one breakaway where KCP uh, puts it up from three instead of taking the layup. Uh, you, you look back at all that stuff when you lose a game 105 to 100. You can be sure. You can be very sure. Uh, KCP struggle, man. Um, you know, three of ten shooting. Um, you know, it was uh, th- there was some there was some loud turnovers and some loud misses. Uh, from Contavious Caldwell Pope, um, and I, I just, you know, he did, not only did he not have his best game, I thought he had one of his worst games of the season. Um, uh, and it wasn't like, by the way, it wasn't like, you know, Oklahoma City was fully stocked. They were, they were missing Jalen Williams, who has turned into one of my favorite young players in the, in the entire NBA. Uh, First-round pick uh, two years ago, I believe, out of uh, Santa Clara. He was taken with the 12th overall pick in 2022. He's fantastic. He's like 19 points a game. Now, his younger brother is named Cody Williams, 
and plays for Tad Boyle up in Boulder at uh, CU. And Yahoo, um, the outlet, the media outlet Yahoo, they came out with uh, their mock draft for this coming um, uh, uh, NBA draft. Cody Williams up in CU, up in Colorado, they have him as the number one pick in the draft. Number one pick in the draft up in Boulder. His older brother is Jalen Williams and is a freaking dog with a capital D. Uh, I love him, ascending player rapidly. He did not play in that game. He's their second leading scorer, almost 20 a night. So it's not apples to apples with Jokic, um, but it was a unique opportunity to beat Oklahoma City, a team that had already beaten the Nuggets twice heading into Wednesday night. So now Oklahoma City has a 3-1 series uh, a lead that the, the season series is over. Should these two teams uh, be knotted up in the NBA standings and you knock on some more wood and hope that that's not the case, but Oklahoma City would uh, have that tiebreaker. All right. And, you know, they're, they're a game or two apart in the standings. So is that likely to happen? No. Um, but to think that it couldn't is, is naive. So that game, that game, um, low key important. Low-key important on, on Wednesday night. Um, a couple other notes here um, that I wanted to get uh, through. 15 offensive rebounds for Oklahoma City. Oh, my gosh, guys. That's just too much. That is 15 times OKC got an extra possession. Um, that's that's painful. That's painful. Um, they out-assisted Denver. Um, you know, uh, had more fast break points. Um, less fouls, uh, Peyton Watson, you know, got into trouble in that department. Uh, but, but outside of the foul trouble, I just continue, you know, I sound like a broken record here, episode after episode. I just continue to be so impressed with Peyton Watson when I, and and I'm going to repeat myself from earlier in the week, but when I'm starting like a nuggets game and just a couple things I'm looking forward to, like, um, whether it's a matchup or a storyline or whatever, Peyton Watson is like at the top of the list every single night now. The, the, the kid is freaking, he he has real potential to be an all-NBA defender. And what that could do to the Nuggets title window, I mean, if he is, um, you know, one day uh, in the starting lineup, which he's got a real shot to be um, over the next couple of years, goodness gracious, this kid, and he is a kid, um, is looking like a man out there. He didn't play great offensively. Um, it was another night where he made at least one three, though. Um, and we've been talking about this. Like if you if you look through his uh, his game log, um, you know he had he he went uh, three straight games without making a three uh, up until the Oklahoma City game. He made one, but now you, you look, it's like he has made a three in about half of his games um, in January. So every and that's that's a big deal because it's not um, if you look at the numbers or percentages, he's not shooting it great. But the fact that he's seeing a three go through every other night, he could be, he could, if he puts the time in and truly hones his craft, he could be the ultimate three and D guy for uh for the Denver Nuggets. And maybe, maybe another layer, um, given how just athletic he is and um, you know, finishing around the basket and things like that. So um, you know, and 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 a pretty good free throw shooter as well. So uh really just continues to be absurdly intriguing. Um uh, on a night-to-night basis. Uh, I thought um, uh, Christian Brown was another note that I had um, better. You know, we, we've been we've been touching on it in passing uh, through these last few weeks. Better. 
okay? Uh, I thought that, you know, w- watching him make a couple threes, watching him be active on the glass, um, had a had a, 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 a couple defensive possessions, uh, specifically on uh, Shea Gildress-Alexander, um, that I thought was impactful and reminded me of last spring of kind of who he was on a near a near night to night basis in the NBA playoffs as a rookie. Um, it wasn't perfect. Okay, it wasn't perfect. There was a a, a a lack of finishing, a loud turnover, and again, when you lose by five, you know you, you look back at this stuff and say what what could have been. But I thought it was a good a good night uh, for Christian Brown. I did. I thought it was a good night for Christian Brown. Um, not a good night for Zeke Naji. I and and I I don't want to. Um, I don't want to dump on Zeke, um, but I am prepared to say I was just wrong about Zeke Naji. I really thought this guy coming out of Arizona um, was going to be a real, real cornerstone building block, uh, potential night-to-night everyday player for a team that was competing for a championship. Um, I thought once upon a time he could be a member of the starting lineup on a team that could win a championship. And that's, I mean, holy moly not even in the same neighborhood of uh, reality. Um, he's a rough watch. He's a rough watch. And they just signed him this past, uh, or, or, you know, re-upped him this past um, uh, offseason, extended him, and just, I don't know what they're going to do. You can't you can't trade him. You, you, you can't. No one would take him on. Um, unless you want to package picks with him to get it, get it off the books. Um, probably not going to do that. Uh, probably not going to send him to the G League. That would be weird. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. Um, but I know he can't play. This is really bad. He can't play if you're trying to win. That's where we're at right now, unfortunately, with Zeke Naji. And I hope it changes because I was really bullish on Zeke. And I think it's a swing and a miss for both me and the Nuggets. Um, my most encouraging thing about the game was the defense. I thought they played uh, good defense collectively as a group. Um uh, individually, the zone, uh, I thought it was mostly effective. Uh, that was, I think, what I was most encouraged by. You know, holding Oklahoma City uh, to 105 points is at home is is a, you know, nothing to shake a stick at. Um, and then, you know, you know, before we get out of here, it's like, depending on how you want to look at this, right? It's like, this is an ascending team playing at home. You're without your best player. You almost won the game. That's the good news, you know? Um, so it's not all doom and gloom. I, I you know, I, I do like, I, in fact, I love the Nuggets' chances if they matched up with Oklahoma City this year in the playoffs with a health, healthy Jokic. I think they would um, um, not say have no problem because I think OKC might win a game, maybe two, but um, not four, not four. Now, in a year or two, this is a team that, and two, two things can be true at the same time. I don't think the Oklahoma City Thunder would truly get in the way this year of a championship uh, of a championship run, but they may, they may have a chance to disrupt the arc of the next four or five years of Denver. I am that impressed with this organization and this group and the talent that they have collected, the way that they have developed the talent, and the pipeline of picks that they have waiting in future years. It's insane. Do they keep drafting players? Don't know. Do they package picks for another star and truly try to make a run at it? That would be my guess. Let's watch out for the Oklahoma City Thunder in years to come. This year, eh, we'll see. Years to come, if they're a stock, I'm buying it. 
I'm buying it. Okay. Um, last thought. Last thought before we get out of here. None of this works without Nikola Jokic. None of it. None of it. Jamal Murray's not a number one on a team trying to compete for a championship. Aaron Gordon's not a number two on a team trying to compete a championship. Michael Porter Jr. at this stage, probably not a number three on a team that's trying to compete for a championship. But if everyone bumps down a slot and you have the greatest player in the world, now we're, now we're talking about title favorites, right? But none of it works without Jokic. It's like looking, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll finish where I started. It's like looking at the Milky Way or the solar system without the sun. There's not enough uh, a power generated to make this thing go without Jokic. So that a Wednesday night, that was just another reminder of something that we kind of already know to be true, um, but gets validated when you, when you watch it play out. All right, guys, we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, the Nuggets have the Portland Trailblazers on Friday. Then they have the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday in one of these new, it used to be home, then you play them away. They used to call it home and home, play them in Denver, play them in Portland back-to-back. Last year they started it. They're playing them home. They're playing them home. Kind of weird. I wish they would have made one of them a matinee. I uh, would have bring my son again. But it's 7 o'clock on Friday. It's 6 o'clock on Sunday night, uh, maybe 6.30 even. Um, and uh, I expect them to fully take care of business after I watch Portland upset Milwaukee and Dame Lillard's return um, to Portland, which was fun. Um, okay, guys, we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, Nuggets are going to be just fine. I think Jokic is going to be just fine. Uh, and whatever happens on Friday and Sunday over the weekend, we'll be back on Tuesday talking about it right here, the Mile High Hoops podcast.